God has ministered to us already, uh, but I think the word that I have is it, it, it lines up good with what the Spirit of the Lord was doing this morning, so I want to try to teach some of it. So um, we've talked over the last, well, a couple weeks ago about the word of the Lord for 2023, which is that we are to draw near to each other. Um, that's the word fellowship. And we talked a little bit about what fellowship is all about, that it's the exchanging of thoughts and feelings and acts of blessing, and uh, that it is really just about doing life together. You know, when we typically hear fellowship, we think of food, but um, it's a lot more than that. Fellowship is partnering with one another. Um, it's in a, it's when, we, when we truly enter into fellowship, we're partnering in life with, with one another. Amen? And so 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, we're going to start reading in verse 14 and go through 15. It says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And before we start to get into what fellowship looks like for us, I think it's important that we spend some time talking about this unequal yoke. Um, I want to show a couple pictures here. I think they're in the system. Um, these are two oxen, right? And the, the wood thing that is on their shoulders is, is what is called a yoke. So they put their head in those, I don't know the technical terms, but those rings so that the yoke rests on their shoulders. A plow can be attached to that so that they can plow and move forward, right? This next picture is a picture of an unequally yoked pair of oxen. Let's go back to the first one. Would you rather that pair plow your field or that pair? Because in this situation, one's going to get wore out. One's going to get distracted. One is not going to give as much as the other because it's not in him or her. And when we start to fellowship, partner with unbelievers, we're becoming unequally yoked. I hate it that this verse that we just read in 2 Corinthians is only preached in terms of marriage. But the context of this is not even marriage. It definitely applies, right? If you're a believer and you're engaged to someone who's not a believer, you're unequally yoked. And frankly, you need to cut off that relationship. Because you're going to want to go left and they're going to want to go right. No, they respect, they, for now, they do. They're trying to get you, right? We can all be on our best behavior. But at some point in time, that unequal yoke is, be, is going to become a problem. And so when the scripture commands us, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, why are so many Christian people trying to be friends with the world, trying to be cool with the world, trying to partner with the world? Right? You got Christian musicians making music with secular artists. You got preachers talking about how they want to use their land to grow weed. 
So that they, don't laugh, this is the truth. It's out there. We we own all this land. We want to use that to grow weed so that we can teach young black men, this fool said, how to farm and how to be entrepreneurs and all this other crazy mess. Unequally yoked. It's a problem in the church. That we're entering into fellowship, partnership with people that don't even worship the God we serve. Buying into ideas that the world pushes that are clearly contrary to Scripture. And I'm not going to be ashamed to call it out. Because I will have to give an account. Hearers can be mad about the message all they want. But what's not going to happen is me stand before the Lord and he say, why didn't you call it out? That's not going to happen. Amen? We just had a move of God. We heard a prophetic word. And the word was, some of you are resisting me. Right? I want to water you. I want to I pour out my spirit on you. But some are still resisting me. I hope all of us, when we heard that, we searched our heart. Is that me, Lord? Right? Because if we really want to enter into fellowship with God and with one another, we got to deal with the unequal yokes in our lives. So how does this apply in terms of fellowship, this whole unequal yoke thing? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived, which means seduced. Do not be seduced. Evil company corrupts good habits. If we break that down, do not be seduced. Evil companionship spoils, ruins, defiles holy morals, holy people. Oh, but, but, but pastor, I, you, you know, I've known them forever. Okay, have a relationship. Don't partner with them. Don't go to them with the, the challenges you're having in your marriage. Don't go to them with, you know, issues that you're facing. Spiritual, they can't even understand spiritual things. Right? Galatians chapter 5 verse 9 says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. What's that all about? You don't need as much yeast as you have dough in order for the yeast to spread throughout the whole lump. You just need a little. A little sin will throw your life off because it's going to take over. A little bit of unequally yoked will mess you up, right? Come on, church. So I want to take some time today to look at an example of unequally yoked behavior in the Old Testament. I got to lay a little foundation first. Solomon is the son of David, and because of some sin that's in Solomon's life, the Lord says, you know what, I'm, I'm splitting the kingdom. Because of your dad, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm keep some in your family because I made this promise to your father, David. But uh, I'm splitting the kingdom. So the nation of Israel became two kingdoms. The northern kingdom was called Israel, and the southern king, kingdom called Judah. 
That's why today, when we say Jews, we're not speaking of all of the nation of Israel. We're speaking of those who come from that southern kingdom. Amen? Now, not perfectly, but for the most part, the, the northern kingdom was wicked. The kings were wicked. They served Baal and all these false gods, and they led people away from the Lord. The southern kingdom, for the most part, was faithful to the Lord. And they were obedient, and they worshiped God. There comes this man whose name is Jehoshaphat, who becomes the king of Judah, which is the southern kingdom that is typically righteous. He is the great, great, great grandson of, the king, of king David. And so we're going to look at something that he's done. Remember, he's a righteous man. He's a holy man. But he's about to enter into an unequally yoked situation. In 2 Chronicles chapter 18, starting in verse 1, it says, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. And by marriage, he aligned himself with Ahab. Ahab, the scripture says, was the most wicked king in the history of Israel, the northern kingdom. Now, it's full of wicked kings. No one was more wicked than Ahab. And here's Jehoshaphat aligning, yoking himself with Ahab through marriage. After some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance with him, uh, for him and the people who were with him and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth, Gilead. And Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go up with me against Ramoth, Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you and my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. So Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together. Now don't think of the prophets here as God's prophets. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, shall we go up to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? And they said, go up, for God has delivered it into the, into the king's hand. And Jehoshaphat said, uh, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here? That we may inquire of him? See, that's why you don't go unequally yoked into partnerships with people. Because they want to go to the psychic and the palm reader and the tarot card. And they want to go into all that. And you're saying, um, I serve the God of heaven and earth. Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, listen to this. There is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Okay. But I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. Because you're evil. Yeah. 
That's why. If you actually had some righteousness in you, he would prophesy righteousness because he hears from God and speaks. The prophets of the Lord are not like your prophets. The prophets of Baal is really who these 400 others were. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. And frankly, if you keep reading on here, if you keep reading this chapter, and I encourage you to do so, it's pretty, pretty scary stuff. Because the prophet, when he comes, he says, I saw, I'm seeing in heaven. And in heaven, what's going on is God is saying, I'm sick of Ahab. He's wicked. I want to I I do away with him. And the Lord is saying, who will go against him? And it says that a spirit actually comes to the Lord and says, I, I'll go against him. And the Lord says, how are you going to do it? He says, I will go, this is the spirit speaking, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouths of his prophets. But Jehoshaphat, this holy man of God, is yoking himself to this man. See, sometimes we, we, we our arrogance as believers gets us in trouble because we think I'm saved and the Holy Spirit is in me and, and God is with me. Yes, but bad company corrupts good morals. It's just a matter of time. I remember when I got saved, I've been saved a few years and had been married a few years and I came back to Wisconsin to celebrate a wedding uh, that one of my friends was having and uh, my wife didn't come with me and one of my friends from college is like, man, can I just get the old Charles for one night? It's like, nah, bro, I'm trying to kill him. Not physically. I want everything that used to be me in those college years dead. And I realized in, this, in that moment, because they kept pressing me. They kept pressing me. They kept pressing me. It's like, I, I, I can't be around these dudes. I got to cut them off. Right. Not cut them off like in a, in, a, in a negative way, but just I need distance from them. I can't allow them to speak into my life. I can't partner with these guys anymore. We're on two different paths. And they're trying to drag me back into my old mess. And if I'm not careful, I'll find myself back in my old mess, unequally yoked. This is a man, Jehoshaphat, that God has spoke of, that God has declared righteous. But here he goes, getting into this partnership with the most wicked king in the history of the nation of Israel. Now, let's skip to verse or chapter 19. And I want to read verses 1 through 3 because he did go up to war with them. And it almost cost him his life because Ahab, I just don't have time to read it. Ahab set him up. Ahab said, listen, you get in your, chari- in your chariot and you get in your kingly garb. I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to disguise myself as just a common man. And so when they go out to battle, the opponents see Jehoshaphat and they think he's Ahab. And so they start pursuing Ahab or they start pursuing Jehoshaphat to kill him. And he has to cry out to God 
And when he cries out to God, these men, God moves on for him. And these men recognize that's, that's not Ahab. Let's turn from him. It almost cost him his life. Being unequally yoked with a non-believer. Pastor, why are you being so dramatic today? I'm not being dramatic. I'm telling you what the scripture is telling us. Don't do it. The scripture don't have time to explain all the reasons why. Just obey. Right? Kids running out into the, into the street. You see a car coming. Stop. You don't have to give a dissertation to that child. Hopefully they just hear stop and they stop to save their lives. So is the case with you and I. I don't understand our arrogance. I'm sorry. I'm not saying everybody, but just in general, believers in America that think we can disobey God's word and still walk in his blessing or not get the consequences of disobeying it. If it says, do not fellowship, do not partner with non-believers, why are we marrying them? Right? And then, like, I'll just say this. Shame on the pastors performing those wedding ceremonies. Well, they'll be mad at me. So what? Who cares? I'd rather them be mad at me now than blaming me five years from now. When he didn't convert. Where she didn't start worshiping the Lord. Right? I remember early on in our ministry, there's a young couple wanted to get married. And I was like, I'll counsel them and make a decision. So through a couple of sessions, it was like, I ain't doing that. Uh-uh, I'm not married. I'm not performing the, the wedding. They're saying, so you're telling us we can't get married? No, I'm suggesting you not get married, but you're adults. I can't tell you what to do. I'm suggesting you do not get married. Parents were in our church. They're mad at me. These people go ahead and get married anyway. Okay, I mean, hey, God bless you. I hope it works out. Six months later, it's a terrible situation. The young lady comes and says to us, you know, when you were telling us not to get married, I knew it was the right thing because he's, he's doing all this stuff to me, beating me, controlling me. All. It's like, come on now. I'm just telling you, church, God is calling us to fellowship with one another. And some of us are rejecting the fellowship of our other believers in order to stay in partnership with people who don't even serve our God. But bless me, Lord. Move on my behalf, Lord. No, obedience is better than the sacrifice. I know this ain't an amen message. This is not, I was telling my wife that God changed my whole message. I wanted to just talk about the blessing of being in fellowship. And the Lord said, no, before you do that, you got to go re-look into that unequally yoked thing because there's a lot of my people who are in that situation. And I'm not picking on this young generation, which we call young adults, because they're gifted, man. Josh and India's generation, you all are gifted. But one of the problems y'all have, and I'm not saying you too, but just your generation, 
is y'all have a perverted look at love and grace. Y'all think it's unloving to distance yourself from someone that's trying to lead you into destruction. So you won't do it. We can't do that. We cannot do it. We can't allow the world to continue to pervert God's word and us walk in the ways of the world. Because he has a great calling and a purpose upon our lives. Right? Does anyone believe that? I do. I believe there's a great calling on my life. And so I believe that who I'm yoked with will either help propel me further into that or drag me out of it. And so I'm blessed to be surrounded by people like the Dreesons and my father-in-law and the Simpsons and Jolie. I'm blessed to have the people in my life that, that, that help push me further into the calling of God. And what you and I need to do is we need to take an honest look at our relationships and find the ones where there's an unequal yoke. And distance ourselves from it. I'm not saying you can't be friends with them. I'm saying stop talking about your marriage to them. Get out of your business partnership with them. Right? Stop taking their advice when you know it's clearly contrary to the word. It's amazing the amount of Christians that I meet that still, they call psychics. They're going to mediums. It's like, what, what are we, they got the little crystals. These are my prayer crystals. What are you talking about? What are we doing here? Right? The bottom line is the unequal yoke almost cost Jehoshaphat his life. But that's not all. In verse 19, chapter 19 of 2 Corinthians, uh, uh, verses 1 through 3, it says the king of Judah returned, you know, safely to his house and Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, which is prophet, went out and met him and said to the king, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. So what's going on here? The prophet comes and says, why did you partner with a wicked man who hates God? And because you did that, God spared your life but his wrath is upon your life now. It's a good thing that you have some good things going for you, that you've removed all these uh, temples and, and, and that you've set your heart to love the Lord. But I'm sorry to tell you, after Ahab gets killed, this same king aligns himself with Ahab's son. And here's what has to happen, church. Psalm 97.10 says, you who love the Lord hate evil. Hate it. 
your, if your lifestyle is wicked, I can't, I can't fellowship with you. I can be in your life and, and try to help win you to Christ, but, but, but I'm keeping you at an arm's length. I'm not letting you all into my heart. I'm, not, I'm just not. And that's not like a, a, a negative thing. That's called a boundary. We all need boundaries, right? Cheryl's teaching a great class about boundaries. One day we're going to make that available. A lot of us need to understand boundaries because we don't have boundaries is the reason why our lives, some of our lives are the way that they are because we don't know how to have boundaries. But one of the boundaries we need to have is that, man, God hates evil. Therefore, I can't engage in it, and I can't partner with those who live in, in evil. Amen? Amen? I love what the Lord did today. I want to see more of that. I've been praying for the manifestation of the Spirit. So when Dan gives a word in tongues, I'm saying, okay, Lord, thank you. Where's the interpretation? And so thank God the interpretation came after he gave the word. We want to see a move of God. Let's fellowship with each other. Let's partner with brothers and sisters in Christ and stop partnering with those who are in the world. It's going to draw you away from the Lord. So I'm going to close with Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. I know this is all over the place, but we've been here a long time. And so I want us to look at what it looks like to have a healthy fellowship relationship. And this is Abraham who goes out and wars. His, his, his nephew Lot is taken captivity by these five kings. So Abraham takes 118 trained men from his house and he goes to pursue these kings to, to win his, to get his nephew back and get the people back and God blesses them and they overcome these kings. And on his way back home, he meets this this character that we know in the scripture called Melchizedek. And I say character because there's, there's, Melchizedek is a very interesting man, which we don't have time to go into. But I want to talk about this interaction that happens here in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 23. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he, Melchizedek, blessed him, Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abram, gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. Yep. A tithe is a tenth. Yep. So Melchizedek is a righteous man, a holy man. He's, he's, he's a priest of God and he's also the king of peace. That's why he's kind of like a pre-incarnation of Jesus. And Abram enters into a covenant meal with him, bread and wine. That's a covenant meal. Isn't that what we do first Sunday? We receive bread and it's juice. But, you know, same thing. It's a covenant meal. But then this other joker shows up. In verse 21, it says, now the king of Sodom, we all know Sodom, right? Sodom and Gomorrah, even unsaved people know Sodom. (laughs) Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, listen to this, give me the persons 
and take the goods for yourself. Let me, let me have the people. You take the, the, the treasure. I just want to continue to corrupt people. He's a wicked man. That's why we can't fellowship with wicked people. Because all they want to do is do wickedness and get you and everyone around you caught up in it. Right, Josh and I, we do a Bible study like four or five days a week in the morning before he goes to work. We read through Proverbs. Well, you know, if it's the first, we'll read Proverbs 1. If it's the third, we read Proverbs 3. And it's like him and I, we've been doing that for a few months. And it's like, you know what, Josh? In Proverbs, basically what it comes down to is like, worship God, stay away from alcohol, stay away from fast women. Right? That's basically what it's all about. Why? Because they're going to kill you. I just, I just gave you the Cliff Notes versions of the book of Proverbs, right? Worship God, stay away from drink, stay away from them fast women, right? Find you a virtuous one, right? Find you one that worships the Lord. So now King of Sodom said to Abram, give me the purses and take the goods for yourselves. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you say I have made Abram rich. I'm not entering into fellowship with you. Not interested. Oh, but look at all this wealth. I, can, I don't need your wealth. I don't want your wealth because then you'll take credit. Plus, I want the blessing of the Lord because the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes man rich and adds no sorrow to it. We all, we can see in our society all the wealthy people who are drug addicted and alcohol addicted and broken relationships. And why? Because their wealth came from unrighteous means. Oh, I want to have their life. You don't want their lifestyle. It looks fun, but they're depressed. They can't trust people. Abram's like, I'm not partnering with you. I'm not fellowshipping with you. You're wicked. You don't care about people. And I don't want your wealth. God will prosper me. And so sometimes... We're tempted to get into fellowship with ungodly people because of what that fellowship can mean for us. The wealth or the influence or the connections that it can bring into our lives. Reject it. You don't want that. You want God to open that door because if man opens it, he can also close it on you. Right? You want God to prosper you. Because then man can't take it away. So next week we are, unless the Lord says something different, going to start to talk about the blessing and the benefits of being in fellowship with one another. But let's just get in our heart today. I will not enter into partnership with unbelievers. I don't want to be that unequally yoked pair can we put that picture back up there Eddie please I don't want to be unequally yoked I don't want to walk around looking like this 
Look, the little one even looked depressed, don't he? The little one looked like, man, what have I gotten myself into? This fool, right? The yoke look all pitiful. The field don't even look good. Now go to that, go to that other. They look like champions, don't they? They look like they about to get some work done. They look like, don't mess with us. That should be you and I. Because we're yoked together as believers in Christ. His blessing can be upon that relationship so that now everything that we ask for in prayer, believing in the name of Jesus, God will do. Amen. Amen. So Father, we honor you today and thank you 